Hello, everyone, and welcome into another installment of the Minnesota Sports Podcast on this 7th of April. What's up, guys? I'm CJ Baumgartner, and opening day is upon us. Well, not really for the Minnesota Twins, but that doesn't mean that they're staying out of the headlines. And by that, I mean they are making moves. They made a big trade. Taylor Rogers is now no longer a member of the Minnesota Twins. He was shipped off to the San Diego Padres in exchange for starting pitcher Chris Paddock and also reliever Emilio Pagan. Brent Rooker also goes to the deal. Uh, he's going to uh, San Diego, and the Twins will get a player to be named later. He'll be a guy in low A. It doesn't really matter. He's not um, the important part right now. What's important is the Twins gave up their best reliever and their best left-handed reliever for a starting pitcher and a reliever. So what does this mean for the Minnesota Twins? On the surface, this deal uh, got kind of leaked out yesterday that things were progressing towards uh, this reality. Uh, when Ken Rosenthal put it out there of The Athletic, he said that the Twins are closing in on Chris Paddock, somebody who the Twins have loved, by the way, according to multiple sources. Um, and it turned out that this was going to be a deal that was trending in the direction of happening. Uh, and it was interesting, was it going to be Trevor Larnick? Were they going to be giving up... Uh, were they going to be giving up a, a good prospect? Who was going to be going in exchange? Were the Twins going to take on Eric Hosmer's contract? Were the Twins going... Like, how is this all going to shake out? And the Padres, by the way, are notorious for leaking out trades before they happen and then either them changing uh, at the last minute or uh, them falling apart completely and them never happening. Like, the uh, Paddock was almost traded to the Mets uh, over the weekend. Uh, for Dom Smith and a couple other players. Uh, but instead, uh, Paddock now goes to the Minnesota Twins for Taylor Rogers, And that Rogers name popped up, and immediately uh, Twins Twitter was divided, myself included. Uh, I was a part of the camp that trading Rogers was not a good deal for the Minnesota Twins. Uh, and I still really hold on to that. If Taylor Rogers is a guy who brings value to your team, Taylor Rogers is your best lefty, he's your all-star, he's a guy who you need on your team. I... The Twins don't use the term closer. I know everybody says he's the Twins' closer. He had 30 saves, but the Twins never... Under Rocco Baldelli, they've never really had a closer. They've just had late-inning guys. And honestly, I have no problem with that. Just put the best guy in the situation and don't box yourself into a closer role. If you think a guy's a better matchup, put him out there. I have no issue with that. But... Taylor Rogers is still a guy that the Twins late in games really relied on. Maybe not even late in games, but high leverage situations. Taylor Rogers was really that guy for Minnesota. He was the guy that Rocco Baldelli and even Paul Molitor, uh, when he was here, turned to. He became that guy uh, over the years and developed himself into, he's not an elite, he's not like top five in baseball, but he turned himself into a very nice, established player. Keeping in mind, if he didn't get his finger hurt last year, there's a good chance the Twins trade him in that fire sale they were doing uh, when Barrios was dealt. Uh, and by the way, the team that wanted to trade for him really badly, the San Diego Padres, who ultimately do get Taylor Rogers in this trade. But back to Rogers and, and the whole thing, if he divided Twins Twitter with his name being thrown in, you have a bunch of people, myself included, saying you can't give up Rogers. If your team's trying to make the playoffs, you have a lot of unproven pieces in that bullpen. How confident are you that you can rely on them? The Twins feel pretty confident in their young arms, and that's what a lot of people said. Look, the Twins build bullpens, and honestly, a lot of Major League Baseball 
builds bullpens through minor transactions and just kind of dinking and dunking your way, trying to slap a bunch of pieces together and kind of cross your fingers and hope they work. Nobody's paying a bunch of money for big bullpen arms. That's a waste of resources. Nobody's, uh, you know, everything's different now with how teams put together bullpens. There's a lot of waiver wires and starters turned into relievers and, and all this kind of stuff. A lot of reclamation projects with the bullpen. And they say, look, Rodgers is a guy who's good, but he's not inseparable, and he's not the most valuable part of this team, and if he nets you a starting pitcher in return who provides more value to a team anyways, considering they pitch more innings, why not do it? And a lot of people in in Twins Twitter are very high on Chris Paddock, we'll get to him in a second, and they see that it's a fine trade. You need to give up something to get something, and I 100% agree with that. Even though I didn't want Rodgers to be traded, I 100% agree that you do need to give up some value in order to get some major league value back. That I understand. It's just, I don't understand why Rodgers is that piece. I don't understand why Rodgers is the piece, and I don't understand why Paddock is the guy. But that's the argument. The argument is, look, the Twins have to give up a player to get something. The Twins bullpen, there's a, the ERA didn't really change much the bullpen ERA compared to when Rodgers was in and out. Uh, the fielding independent pitching and some other different uh, kind of stats uh, show that the bullpen suffered without Rodgers, and it did, uh, in my opinion. But again, uh, the whole thing was, look, he's not, it's not like he's Joe Nathan. He's not Mariano Rivera in his prime. He's a, he's a nice bullpen player, and he's and he only has one more, the biggest caveat, he has one more year left on his contract. So what's the point of keeping him around if you're, what's the point of keeping him around if he's probably not going to resign and you don't know if you want to keep him long term anyways because you don't want to pay bullpen guys a ton of money? Why not get some value for him? And they do, by the way. Pagan and Paddock both have multiple years of team control on them, which, uh, you know, the Twins really value. And that means that they're cheap. And so that all plays into it. But that's the argument on both sides. My whole thing is, look, I get it. I get it. I know the big knock on Twins fans, and I join in it too, is trade good play. You know, trade for a good player. Trade for a major league player. And then they do, and they go, whoa, not like that. And look, I get it. And there is a bit of that going on with the Rodgers thing. But I think it's why. It's not just, it's not trading Sonny Gray for Chase Petty. Nobody knew who Chase Petty was. Chase Petty was 18 years old. He was a first-round draft pick the year before. There wasn't a lot of hype. So the Twins trading him goes, yeah, okay, all right, yeah, sure, do what you got to do. Get Sonny Gray. He's a guy who's proven he can pitch at the major league level. He's a good number two starter. That's really his peak, even though uh, he's kind of uh, in a top-of-the-rotation spot with Minnesota. That's his role. Now, trading Taylor Rogers is different. It and by the way, I've, I'm okay with trading guys like Max Kepler. I'm okay with trading prospects. But again, I just don't think Chris Paddock is that guy. And I think with Taylor Rogers, he's just a big piece of this Twins team. Byron Buxton comes in yesterday, says the clubhouse chemistry is great. He doesn't want to mess that up. And they trade one of the biggest guys in the clubhouse in Rogers to San Diego. And it's the whole thing of Rogers is your best bullpen pitcher in a bullpen and a pitching staff, by the way, that has a lot of question marks. This is very unproven. The Twins haven't really done a ton in the bullpen to address th last year. Last year's bullpen was bad. Now you lose Alexander Colomay, and losing him is actually really beneficial. That's addition by subtraction. But I still just don't foresee 
uh, I don't foresee a bunch of big fixes. Now, you don't need to trade for a guy or you don't need to make a big signing to fix the bullpen. But it's been a lot of kind of... It's been a lot of, uh, not bargain bin, that's not the right term, but it's been a lot of minor transactions here, a lot of minor transactions there. And it's not a lot of guys who you can really get excited about, except for the younger players, which I don't have a problem with, but it's younger players take time to develop and you gotta be patient with them. And it looks like Falvey and Levine's motto, and I'm not saying it's a bad one, but Falvey and Levine's motto is just gonna be, we're gonna put a bunch of pitchers up at the major league level and we're going to see if they can play or not. We're going to throw these guys in the bullpen. We're going to throw them in the rotation. And it's sink or swim. We have a bunch of we have a bunch of pitching prospects. And one of these guys has to hit. And if they don't, we're in trouble. But you know what? We have so, The odds are so much in our favor, we're going to roll the dice. And I don't blame them. And I don't think that's the worst strategy in the world. All I'm saying is I don't think Chris Paddock for Taylor Rogers. I know Pagan's in there. But I don't think Chris Paddock for Taylor Rogers makes a ton of sense for the Minnesota Twins. I really don't. In the sense of val, I I get the value, and I get that the Twins needed another major league starting pitcher. But Josh Winder presents a similar skill set. Who's a Twins pitching prospect who's going to start the season, uh, I believe, with the big league club. Um, as I as the forty man roster has been set, by the way. Yeah, Winder did make the club. Winder. Uh, didn't make the club, so I again I don't I don't see the thing with Paddock because if you look at the statistics on Chris Paddock, you just see uh, if you see his ER his 2019 season was great, Three, ERA of uh, of under of uh, under three and a half, and the strikeout rates where you want to be 140 innings pitched, all that good stuff. Uh, his ERA went to four over four and a half in 2020, shortened season, whatever. And then last year, he had an ERA of 5. And again, I think that he can turn his stuff around. I think the Twins are confident in their ability to develop pitching. I'm not saying he's going to be a disaster. That's not. I'm not trying to ambulance chase. But what, I, what I am trying to say is he's a middle-of-the-rotation guy. And I don't know if a middle-of-the-rotation guy is really something that the Twins needed. They have a bunch of middle-of-the-pack guys. They have your Dylan Bundys, they have your Chris Archers, maybe those are more back half, but you know, you have you have your Bailey Obers, you have, I, I just don't I get you need to shield the prospects and maybe Paddock is the guy to kind of shield the prospects from having to pitch in the rotation but I just, I don't I don't really see uh, with I don't see anything that sticks out to me with Paddock, like, he throws hard and if you look on uh his, his fastball velocity is in the 75th percentile. He doesn't walk a lot of guys. He doesn't strike out a lot of guys either, but he, he's got decent command. His fastball doesn't have a ton of spin, uh, so that means he doesn't have a ton of movement. He's a guy who throws hard, but when hitters time it up, they're able to take it pretty well. Uh, 2021 and 2020 uh, were pretty high in terms of his exit velocity. Uh, that exit velocity uh, on his pitches put him in the 13th percentile, according to... Uh, baseball savant he's a guy who had a down year and the twins are banking on on uh improvement and the kind of that return to the mean with paddock and maybe they can get it and i'm not saying paddock is going to be a terrible pitcher i'm just saying i don't understand the twins front office is infatuated with paddock and i don't know if paddock is the guy you trade taylor rogers for Again, I'm not opposed to trading Rodgers, but I certainly don't think Paddock is that number one starter you're looking for. And the Twins are really going to have to bank on 
some of these guys developing and having better seasons. And I know we talked last week on the podcast. We said the Twins don't need to have elite pitching to be a good club. They have a really they have a chance to have a really really good lineup. So if they have any semblance of a decent pitching staff, they can just be above league average. They'll they'll win over 80, they'll be over 500. And with an extra playoff team this year it gives you some nice room to work with trying to secure a spot in the postseason. So again, I just I'm not very high on Chris Paddock. I I don't know. I don't know what to make of this trade. It's fine in terms of value. Rodgers wasn't coming back next year. The Twins got a reliever and a starter for multiple years to work with. And the Twins' philosophy with building a pitching staff, whether it's the rotation or the bullpen, get a bunch of guys and one of them's going to pan out. And that's not the worst strategy in the world because with prospects, it's like the NFL with draft picks accumulate a bunch of draft picks one of them's got to be good and that's not again I don't I honestly agree with that strategy a lot but I just think when you give up your best bullpen piece to get your third starter I don't know if that's exactly a win-win because he's not exactly proven he had a good rookie year and it kind of dipped off after that so again I think with Paddock he is and we haven't even gotten to Vargas yet but Paddock, I, I think he's a guy that can be a solid three starter. I think that's about his ceiling. Maybe a solid two is his ceiling. But I I don't know. I just I'm not high enough on Paddock to where I say, you know what, I'm okay with parting with Rogers. The trade happened. It's fine. Rogers is in San Diego. Paddock is now in a twins uniform. And that means now we have to figure out how we can help the Minnesota Twins win ballgames. And joining him is Emilio Pagan. And he's a guy, when you look at his ERA the last uh, couple years, doesn't look great. He had a nice uh, 2020 season. He was in Tampa Bay. He's been in Seattle, Oakland, Tampa Bay, and then the last couple years with the Padres. And his it didn't work out for him in San Diego. He had a great year in Tampa Bay, two and a half, uh, ERA in 2019 of 2.31, uh, and just had the nice fast his fastball average velocity was almost 96 miles an hour on average he's a guy who throws hard um he's a guy that likes he's basically a two-pitch pony uh he throws a fastball and a slider that's basically it leans a lot on the fastball uh so the one thing i will say about pagan is his hard hit percentage has been going up the last few seasons in 2019 it was about a 35 percent hard hit percentage that goes up 5% 5% in 2020 goes up another 5 The hard hit percentage is at 45%. And if you're a bullpen guy, uh, it's not a great look. So it's going to be an interesting spin to see what, what the Twins want to do with Pagan to see what his role is. I don't know enough about him to know his role with the San Diego Padres and what he can do. M- my thing is, I'm not saying these guys are going to suck. I'm not saying the Twins lost the trade because they haven't pitched. They haven't thrown a ball yet for the Twins. Rodgers ha- is coming off a finger injury, missed a lot of last season, and only has one more year of team control. There's a good chance he only pitches one year in San Diego. And there's a good chance this year would have been his last year in Minnesota. But when you go get Carlos Correa, when you reshuffle your roster like this, I mean, this Twins lineup looks completely different. When you, But when you get Carlos Correa, you trade for Sonny Gray. You're saying, 2022, we think we have a good team. We also think we have a good team, so we're trading our best bullpen arm for two pitchers. 
So again, it's the, the starting rotation got a little more depth. That's great. I'm not complaining about that. I'm complaining about what you had to give up to do it. Brent Rooker leaving is fine. I know some people liked him. I think he kind of faded into obscurity. He, I mean, honestly, he got beat up by Kyle Gar- Garlic um, for that extra outfielder job. Uh, so I, he just wasn't able to find a home in Minnesota, and I think he'll have a better chance as kind of that platoon outfielder with San Diego, get some more healthy at-bats, maybe work in a little bit more at DH. We'll see what the Padres want to do with him, but he's just an extra guy. He's got to get a lot more big league at-bats to really kind of see what he can do. I'm not down on Rooker, but he had no place in Minnesota. I'm okay with I'm okay with getting rid of him. I'm okay with him uh, going on to greener pastures. The Twins, by the way, eating a lot of that Taylor Rogers money to get uh, to get uh, Paddock and Pagan. And also that's probably the only way they were able to get rid of Rooker and also not have to give a better prospect to get both those guys. But again, this is a team trying to compete in 2022. So why do you give up a big reason why you can compete? Caleb Thielbar, who I like, is now the Twins' lefty in the pen. He's the He's the guy with situations. So we'll see. There's also, uh, I believe, uh, in terms of left-handed pitching, there's Danny Column B. You can choose from Danny Column A or Danny Column B. I don't know. But it's a really interesting shakeup now with this Twins team. And Pagan and Paddock are guys with upside. Paddock, or Pagan, rather, is 30 years old. Um, If you look at Chris Paddock, he's 26. So Paddock is relatively young. He's got a lot of team control. Um... There's some stuff you can see why the Twins like this deal. There's some young pitcher. Uh, Paddock's a young pitcher. You get another guy in Pagan, but they have some upside. You think you can tinker with a couple things and work with it. It's another starting option. You have a lot of pitchers you want to use, but at the same time, you don't want to throw them all at the wall and you kind of want to keep it as a rotating chair and kind of ride the hot hand. I understand that. I'm not trying to diminish that at all, but I'm just saying I don't like giving up Taylor Rogers to bolster the starting rotation depth, but then you also lose some of that bullpen depth. And maybe the angle the Twins are going for here is that if we have better starting rotation, it does take pressure off the bullpen. If we have better, if we have more veterans in the rotation, that means we can let the rookies kind of develop in very small doses, giving them a couple innings or a couple, maybe one, giving them situations to face batters, get their confidence up, work on some things. I can see the logic of let's work the let's ease the young guys into the major leagues and let's do that through another pitcher but I mean also they want to win in 2022 and sometimes when you want to win you have to risk uh you have to risk losing a player you have to risk getting kind of losing your money it's buying a new car buying a new car even just buying a car in general the moment you take it off the lot it loses a bunch of value new cars it loses 20% of its value and that's an, you're not getting the best value for it, but you also need a new car, or you also need to get a new car. Like you need to get a, another vehicle. And yeah, you're going to lose a bit of value on that, but it's okay because you're getting something you need. And is it a short-term want? Sure. But also, the Twins, it's a short-term move to sign Carlos Correa because he's only going to be here for one season. And you obviously think you can compete, otherwise you wouldn't be paying $35 million for one season. So I don't, I don't know. This is a trade that happened, but I don't, I don't get it. So it'll, I just don't. That's not to say that, oh my gosh, they lost the trade. This is shambles. This is a massive L. 
It's just to say, I don't, I'm uneasy about this trade. I'm not going to sit there and say that Falveen got a haul. They did get nice value for what Rodgers and Rooker were. Rooker was probably going to get DFA'd. Uh, there was, he was a guy that the Twins really don't have a lot of plans for right now. Uh, so you get, you open up a roster spot, opens up a 40 man spot that Pagan, that, uh, Pagan can take. Uh, so it's a two for two and then with a player to be named later, but that's really not important at this point. Um, I just, I don't know on opening day, on opening day to trade your team's best reliever in a year where you just signed Carlos Correa two weeks ago. I just don't understand. The Twins front office, it's been five years of them, and I understand where their motives are at. I understand what they kind of like to do. Like getting Paddock from San Diego, ever they were in on Montes, they were in on Montes, in on Montes, and then every time the Twins seem like they're locked in on somebody, they turn around and catch somebody else. And so that like it's things like that. It's how they build the bullpen with a lot of waiver wires and a lot of kind of reclamation projects and a lot of like you understand that. But then the then they do moves like this or they. You know, they trade for they trade Garver for Keener Falefa, and then they flip him and Donaldson to the Yankees along with Roardvet, and then they clear up the cap space for or the payroll space for Carlos Correa. It's a lot of stuff that you can't really predict Falvine, and that's honestly and that's fine. But it's I, I just I don't understand this move, and I think that's the biggest thing we're gonna come away from is we're gonna have to let the games be played and see how this one works out. I don't know. They, they've pulled off some interesting trades. But here's another thing, and, I, and I'll stay positive. I'll, I'll be positive with Falvin on this one. They didn't give up a ton in terms of prospects. Rooker wasn't a top prospect. He was a guy. So there's still plenty of wiggle room to do something. The Twins are done now. They're, they got a starter. They're going to roll with the regular season. They're not doing anything until the trade deadline. But... I wouldn't be surprised if there was something in the trade deadline. And the Twins now have the capital to do it. In terms of Montes, Montes, uh, Frankie Montes with the Oakland A's, the pitcher, he's not getting moved until the trade deadline. That They're starting the season with him. They're going to go with it. Uh, they need somebody. They can, I don't know if they can justify it to the fan base. I don't know if that's the why. If they don't get a big enough package, maybe they wait for a team to get desperate at the trade deadline. Sure. He, but I think the Twins have the prospects still to do it. I don't think Rooker or Rogers were two players that the Oakland Athletics were really, really hanging their stock in. So if the Twins, they still have the prospect capital to get a top-of-the-rotation starter if they need one at the trade deadline. If the team is in playoff contention and they want to pull the trigger, they still have the pieces. Now, will they do it? That's another interesting question because they didn't in 2019 and they won 101 games and the team fell apart because they didn't get pitching. And it's just that part of sometimes when you're in a playoff hunt, you just have to throw all your chips in the table and hope it works out. And if you're the Atlanta Braves last year, it worked out great for you. So I don't know. That's a, But that's a conversation for another time. When it comes down to this, this trade, the day before opening day, opening day for all of baseball, but the Twins for tomorrow, and the night before, Taylor Rogers gets traded. Your team's best pitch, your team's best bullpen arm, and your team's best lefty. And you do it for a guy who had an ERA above five last year, who only pitched 108 innings. It's, it's a gamble, and the Twins just 
they're putting a lot in that Paddock can turn it around. Maybe he can. Maybe he can't. I don't know. I just the trade sits uneasy with me that Rodgers has to be the guy to go. And it's not because it's like, oh my gosh, he was my fan favorite. I loved Rodgers. It's just more of he was a useful player for you. It just feels weird that you're trying to compete, but you're also siphoning off an area that you don't have a ton of proven depth at and trade your most proven piece. But we'll figure it out. So the opening day roster has been set, by the way, and we'll finish off talking about this. Um, Again, the Twins gave up Rodgers. I don't like the deal. It happened. It's fine. But I'm not going to sit here and say they want to trade. They completely fleeced them, whatever. We'll have to wait and see how the games get played to figure all that out. Speaking of the games, the opening day roster is set. Uh, A few surprises. Uh, Not a huge surprise uh, uh, in terms of most of these guys... Duran, we knew was making the roster. Josh Winder, uh, Winder, what, uh, you know, whatever. He made the roster as well. Um, there's uh, another couple interesting wrinkles with this. Twins only carry two catchers, Ryan Jeffers and Gary Sanchez, uh, which means Gary Sanchez is technically the backup catcher. Uh, if Jeffers were to go down, that's a big red flag because Gary Sanchez is not a good defensive catcher in the slightest they're going to need to figure out a third catcher at some point, or really a second catcher, and just make Sanchez do nothing but DH. Uh, in the infield, nothing really surprising uh, with that. Nick Gordon, Luis Arise, kind of the platoon. Um, in the outfield, uh, the one surprise there was Gilberto Celestino. Uh, he beat out Kyle Garlick for that final spot, and then with Rooker going away, uh, he was the guy. Uh, gives them a... Uh, really gives them, kind of evens out the righty-lefty split there. Kepler and Kirloff, both righties. Buxton and uh, Celestino, uh, both righties. Also, Celestino can play some center field. Nick Gordon's a fine center fielder. He's a lefty, though. Uh, so I think it just give, it's a righty bat to have who can play some center field. Celestino's the most natural in center when you look at Gordon uh, and him and Kepler. So it, it makes sense to bring Celestino. Surprised that he was the guy to get beat out. Thought maybe they roll with Garlic. But Celestino's not a guy that they're really prioritizing to get at-bats for. Like they are a Trevor Larnick. Uh, so that's an interesting wrinkle. Other than that, I don't think that there's really too many surprises outside of this trade. Uh, it looks like the Twins are probably going to roll with a six-man rotation. Uh, in uh, Joe Ryan, Sonny Gray, Dylan Bundy... Uh, Chris Archer, uh, what I say, Ryan, Gray, Bundy, Ober, Archer, and then you also have Paddock thrown in there. That's six arms. And the beginning of the season, the Twins probably would like to go with six pitchers anyways. Let everybody get stretched out. Don't really prioritize those April starts in terms of really needing them to go, uh, you know, really needing them to give it their all. Let them kind of gradually ease in so their arms are right, and that way by the end of the season and by the playoff stretches, their arms haven't fallen off yet. That's totally fine. I think a six-man rotation is fine because, again, and I talked about it last week in terms of who makes the roster, who's penciled in is what. It's a very long season. A lot of these things kind of work themselves out. So with the Twins having six starters and who's going to be the odd man out, they'll figure it out. Somebody will get hurt. Somebody will underperform, and that decision will be made easy for them. Uh, they'll just kind of ride this the first couple times through the rotation and they'll see where they're at. Does Ober go to the bullpen? Does maybe somebody like Bundy go to the bullpen? How do they do that? The Twins also have no left-handed starting pitcher this year. 
Uh, Hap was that guy last year, but even then when they got rid of Hap, they really didn't have a guy a lefty in the rotation. The Twins seem fine with that. Really, they only have two left-handed relievers in terms of Thielbar and Columbe. So, Columbe, sorry. And, uh, and so, yeah, they, they only have two left-handed relievers, and that's it. It's a very right-handed dominant American League, whereas in terms of the Padres really want Rodgers because... There's a lot of good left-handed hitters just alone on that Los Angeles Dodger lineup. So there's a lot of, it's a lot of that playing with that. So the Twins really riding a lot of those right-handed arms as well. But opening day is tomorrow and we are going to talk about it. We're going to hopefully have a podcast out before the game. If not, we'll have a kind of a reactionary podcast kind of talking about what we saw in the first game. That's yet to be determined. So keep watching for that. It's going to be a fun fun twin season and there's a a really cool announcement with the podcast that's coming up tomorrow for that so be sure to stay tuned we'll catch you guys next time on the minnesota sports podcast